well, hey, everybody, thank you so much for joining me on this session. I could not be more excited because today I'm interviewing Alan Hillsberg from Funeral Marketing Services. Uh, I've been honored to be part of his growth and his progress as he's grown his agency over the years. And you know, today we're just going to talk about him. We're going to talk about his business, how he's been able to grow it, how he's been able to scale it. So let me start by welcoming Alan to the call. Alan, thanks so much for taking the time today. Josh, thank you for your kind words. I appreciate it. Thank you. So let's let's dive right into it. Just to start off with, just tell us a little bit about, about your agency, where it sits today, how many clients, approximate monthly recurring revenue, that that type of stuff. Well, uh, going into February 2018, I've got 71 clients with monthly revenue at about $81,000 a month. <laughs> That that's awesome, man. And uh, tell us how long you've been doing this for. Like, when did you when did you get started in this particular vein of the business? Well, I, I started March seventh, two thousand fifteen. Okay. I'm a month shy of three years now. All right. I remember sitting by myself in Dunkin' Donuts on a Saturday morning with pen and paper after coming up with a six hundred dollar deposit. It was the first payment of three installments to get involved with you. I could barely afford that initial deposit. And after absorbing the first module in your course, I started to map out my game plan moving forward. Nice. That's phenomenal. And so you said $80, $81,000 per month. Did I hear that right? Yes. That, that's fantastic. So that, that puts you at a run rate of seven figures or a million dollars a year in annualized revenue. That's correct. Wow. And, and what, a, what an amazing journey that is because you're telling me just like less than three years ago, you were stressing out about the $300 first payment you made in order to get, get into the seven-figure agency program, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a struggle. And, and um, uh, I, I was, you know, it took, you know, I, I needed to borrow that money. That, that's awesome, man. I, I can't wait to unpack this and talk about you know how you got here, what you've done, because you've executed, which is amazing. Not everybody's executed at the same level. Um, so before we dive into that, tell us a little bit about the, the history. I know you, you didn't just start, like you'd done web design and stuff for years. So just start, start from the beginning with us as far as your evolution in this process. Well, back in the uh, 1990s, late 90s, I, would, I had a company called Top Listing. Okay. This was five years before Google came into existence, and I was doing uh, SEO uh, for different companies, uh, uh, optimizing for AltaVista. Oh, my MSN, goodness. You know, uh, th those uh, search engines back then. And uh, it was during the dot-com phase, and um, a public company came over to me and asked me if I wanted to sell my business. Okay. And at the time, I had 17 clients. Hmm. And I said to them, I said, what are you buying? I, I, I don't have a clientele. Because we don't care how many clients you have. We're interested in your, you know, your technology, you know, how you do what you do. So I sold that business for $100,000 in cash. Nice. You know, and it, it was, uh, to me at that time, it was a big deal. Sure. Uh, uh, looking back on it, if I did not sell that company, I would probably be living on an island right now. Oh, man. Didn't have that foresight. 
So I, I uh, started uh, going uh, to work for other um, uh, major companies doing work for them in the SEO uh, field. And I got the itch to go back into doing business myself, but for smaller business. And um, I started doing SEO all over again. Um, and I've been doing SEO for years, offering SEO services to everyone, but not really getting anywhere. Mm. For example, I remember doing a great, uh, a great job for a local restaurant creating visibility in all the communities uh, that were close to him. I, I helped develop incentives for customers to come back and I helped him with uh, a systematic method of obtaining uh, reviews. The owner spoke highly of me and his attorney that handled his restaurant asked me to take over his account. So, I, so what I did was I applied the same strategies I used for the restaurant and applied them to the attorney. And I did this with the bakery and to the dentist and to the clothing boutique and to the local hairdresser, all with mediocre results. So it was an endless stream of bringing on new clients and, and losing established uh, old ones. Mm. It was exhausting. It was like an, ex an exhausting revolving door and it was very frustrating. So, I mean, it, I mean, it all sounds good, right? You got a restaurant, you got a good results, you started getting referred to, you know, every other business in the local market, but it, it just wasn't that, it didn't, it didn't actually work that well for you. No, it didn't because I never really got to know that business the way you really need to get to know them, mm -hmm. to really help them. It's almost like a bumper sticker mentality. You read somebody's bumper sticker, it's a nice saying, but the more you get, you ask questions, the more you see how little they know. Mm. So, I mean, I, I just felt that I did not really get to know my clients the way I really should. And, I, and it, was, it was on top of my mind, but I didn't know how to change. Okay. So one day I listened in on a webinar given by Mike Cooch, mm. selling the seven-figure agency course. And he had an interview with you. Uh, and what I knew I needed to do was break away from my method of doing business as I saw so many in the same industry doing so much better than I, and they were, they were living a lifestyle I very much wanted for my family. So what resonated, uh, resonated with me, and still resonates with me, uh, from that initial uh, seminar was recurring revenue, charging enough for services, being niche specific, mm -hmm. and uh, does the business sell a high ticket item? Yep. So that day when I sat in Dunkin' Donuts on that March 7th, I just got involved in your course, paid that $600. I remember watching the first module and uh, I've got the uh, handwritten notes in front of me. <laughs> and what I wrote was exactly what I'm going to read to you now. What is exciting? I'm doing the same service Josh Nelson is doing, except he's doing it better. Where my services are fragmented, his service offerings are more organized. He offers a complete package to one niche. I offer anything to everyone. He establishes himself as an expert in one niche. I'm a master of none offering services to anyone. Another significant flaw, my price points are too low. Not enough to offer clients a valuable service or enough or enough uh, money to create a profitable business. 
So I started a lot. Uh, so that's how I started. That's amazing you know, that you still I, that you still have that note, and that it was that was really a a turning point for you. Yeah, I, I mean, continuing on, I wrote uh, he, which is you, charges an absolute an absolute minimum of a thousand a month, and I don't have a customer paying me more than five hundred a month. Hmm. You know, so I saw all the flaws, and I really felt that I had something that I can really duplicate and really uh, uh, make my own. Well, that, that, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's amazing. It's a tremendous story. One question that, that comes to my mind, and I'm sure it's going to come to mind to the others. So in 1990s, you sell type listing for 100000 Then you go and you start working and you have your own agency again. How did you get to the point where that money dwindled away? It goes fast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, I actually thought that I could take some time off, mm. but you know, being a homeowner at the time, um, I had two small children, and uh, living off that money, it, you know, chunks of that money go very, very quickly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I quickly realized that that was not a mountain of money, although it was a nice windfall mm -hmm. for a very small company that really didn't have much. I knew that that um, you know I couldn't just sit and you know work with the money I had, I had to go out and, uh, you know, make a living. Absolutely. All right. So that, so, so that, that was kind of like the turning point, right? You have these notes, you've got this clarity on what's wrong with the way you're doing things. So obviously the next step was that you, you chose a niche. How did you choose a niche? Tell us about that process. Well, um, I currently serve the death care industry. Okay. My clients are predominantly funeral homes, but I also serve cemeteries and cemetery monument companies as well. <laughs> it's not as morbid as it sounds, it really isn't. Um, I'm also now negotiating with hospice organizations, which is a direct win for the funeral homes I serve. Mm. Um, social workers that work in hospice are, are a valued relationship to any funeral director. Social workers are highly trained to provide end-of-life care to terminally ill people. Uh, during the short time patients are in hospice, families start asking questions about funeral pre-planning, which is beyond the scope of the hospice worker, but the type of questions a funeral director is trained to answer. So relationship development between a social worker and a funeral director is incredibly important, not to mention profitable. So, uh, you know, that's my business. So funeral funeral homes, and so in that in the selection of the niche, I know you kind of popped back and forth between a couple different options. Well, I guess what were the main things you were looking for as you chose this particular one? Well, you know, I I kind of leaned on you know pretty much everything that you've asked me to look at, which was recurrent recurring revenue, mm. charging enough services, being niche specific. Uh, does the business sell a high uh, ticket? Is it? Does the business sell a high ticket item? Mm -hmm. Is the um, are there associations uh, uh, associated with that niche? Yep. Uh, those were important. Are there enough uh, companies in your niche doing a million dollars in sales per month? Uh, I'm sorry, per year. Um, are, are these uh, uh, funeral homes, or, or is this niche? one in which I can find 
uh, these people and and, and uh, go after them? Is it seasonal? Those are all the questions that I asked myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, each one of them gave me a green light. Awesome. And I remember kind of when you came down to the office with a with group of people, and I remember you, you know, saying, look, this is the niche I'm going after. This is why I chose it. You were pretty passionate about you know, it being resonant for you, that transaction value. And I remember Dean and I afterwards kind of like, not sure, you know, this wasn't even on our radar. And, uh, you know, it's just so exciting to hear you tell me that, that you've had this level of success and, you know, being in this niche has been such a good fit for you. Tell us a little bit about the services you provide uh, to, the, to the clients in your space. Yeah, you know, before I answer that, okay. just to, to push forward on, on, on choosing this niche, there's a book that I definitely recommend you that everyone read. It's called Blue Ocean Strategy okay. by W. Chan Kim. And what they talk about is the fact that most markets are red oceans. They're full of blood because all the sharks feeding, all the sharks are feeding on the same pool of fish. Mm-hmm. So the first, so he, he takes a big step back and he says that the first person who taught health, wealth, or relationships was working in the blue ocean with no other sharks or competitors coming after their customers. But people quickly saw the success, so they jumped into the waters. Over time, the waters grew red with sharks feeding on the same customers. That's why it became necessary for people to create their own blue oceans. So that's where submarkets began. Mm-hmm. And the first teachers in these submarkets experienced great success as well until people jumped in there and bloodied the waters. The smart people looking around and figured out what they could create inside of their submarket that could become a new opportunity to those customers. So the, so what they did was they created a new blue ocean once again. And what I'm doing when I talked about this social workers and this hospice, uh, uh, when I talked earlier about social workers in a hospice environment, mm-hmm. that's a blue ocean. Yeah. And it falls directly inside my niche. Yeah. So kind of get, getting creative on what else you can do to create your own new blue ocean that would be different than anyone else. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. So so let's let's dive in then to to the services that you offer to to your clients at this point. I provide um, SEO services for all my clients focusing not only on the city or town they have a physical location, but in surrounding communities as well. Mm-hmm. I provide reputation management services for my client clients using a uh, proprietary software that uh, we developed. Okay. We also provide video production and development, one-on-one video interviews, walkthrough of their facilities, that kind of thing. Okay. And marketing for our clients on Facebook has been incredibly effective as well. I set my clients up not only to show up on Google when the family does a search, but we also take a proactive approach, reaching out to customers, branding our customers, reaching out to families and branding our customers uh, with the living in their demographic. We also do web design and have developed some very useful web applications that's specific to the niche that we serve. It's been working out well and we have a very high retention rate. I lose very few clients throughout the year, and that's part of my success. And currently, we've been transitioning our clients into PPC as well. Okay. 
So, I mean, that's awesome. It's really a diverse set of services that are built specifically for the niche that you, that you work in. Um, obviously, with an anchor around the website, the SEO and, um, and uh, video and other things that help position them and get them leads. Ultimately, you're generating leads, calls, and revenue-producing opportunities for your clients. Yes, no, no doubt. And, and becoming niche-specific, it, it's easier to not, not only get a client, but to help your client. When I'm in a, uh, a, a competitive situation with another SEO firm that's not niche-specific, I immediately have the edge. Mm-hmm. You know, my client sees that I only work with funeral homes. I'm giving him funeral home testimonials. I'm giving him clients that he can call directly, all within the same niche. My competition can't do that. Yeah. I also ask my uh, my um, clients to go back and ask that uh, um, my competitor certain questions, like what is the difference between pre-need and at need? Most of them can't answer that, and if they can't answer that basic question, they'll never be able to serve the client. Yeah. Also, I find that working with one industry, I'm able to take the same strategies and apply them to another funeral home or monument company because I know that they work. And I'm able to really drill down and, and, and work on strategies that really help my customers grow and help them uh, generate more services each month. Yeah, that's, that's the power, right, of the niche because you actually understand the industry, you can actually generate results, and then you can systematize what you do so that you can apply your knowledge to every single client that you serve. No doubt. So actually, I'm making, I'm doing much better than I was when I was working for every type of company, and um, it's, it's easier. The whole process is easier. Yeah. That's that that's super cool. And thanks for sharing kind of your suite of services and the different things that you do. And I know you're always trying to figure out what that blue ocean is. Mm-hmm. Not sitting only inside the internet marketing SEO box, but what else could you do now that you have these clients to serve them more and and deliver on that key objective, which is to help them drive more leads, more sales, better profitability. Right. No doubt. Very cool. So now I want to ask is a question that, that a lot of people are, are curious about, they want to know, which is, how did you get your first five clients? And it's exciting to see that you're now at you know $80,000 per month, 70 plus clients, and, you, and we'll talk about what you do today, but for those first five, what was the strategy? How did you get those in your, in your niche? All cold calling. Mm. But here's something I think this might be the most important line in this uh, interview. Awesome. Tim Ferriss once said, or it came from one of his books, life punishes the vague wish and rewards the specific task. If you want confusion and heartache, ask yourself vague questions. If you want uncommon clarity and results, ask uncommonly clear questions. Fortunately, this is a skill anyone can develop. Often, all that stands between you and what you want is a better set of questions. Mm. And that goes back to you pushing people to plan. They set, if they, if they plan, there is clarity there. Mm. 
but you've got to ask yourself clear questions, not big questions. And, and that's what I've done from the very, very beginning. Okay. So the first thing I did before putting together a website or anything else was put together a keynote presentation that was impactful. It took me two months to really get something down I felt was exciting and helpful to the clients that I wanted to serve. Then at that point, I got on the phone. But in order for cold calling to work, I needed to be realistic with myself. I, I knew I wasn't making 50 calls a day. And if I did, I knew I wouldn't be consistent day in and day out with that. Uh, I mean, you, you know, in a regular cold calling uh, um, situation, you call six businesses in a row and you get you get shot down by the gate gatekeeper six times. Yep. Then what you do is you end up taking a break or wasting time doing something else. You know, the, the thing is, you'll never you're never going to call 50 prospects a day. Mm -hmm. Not going to happen. So I created a crystal clear plan to call and engage three prospects a day that agreed to either a follow up conversation with me or open-minded to review information, I'll be emailing them. If I got those three per day, I reached my goal and my cold calling for the day was over. Sometimes I'd make more calls, but the thing is, I just set it, I, I set a re realistic expectations for myself. So three interested prospects a day is 15 per week, or 60 prospects that I, that I actually engage with in a month. That's how I got my first five clients and beyond. That, that's amazing. So I have a couple of drill down questions on this because um, I, I think this, like you said, is probably the most important slide and what a lot of people are really interested in. So you, instead of making an infinite supply of calls, you made enough calls to make sure you had three specific interactions. And I, I do want to drill down on that. But to start if that with, took me 15 minutes, then my day was over. Okay. If it took me six hours to get those three, then my day was over. But Looking back on that time, I don't think I spent more than, you know, three hours on a hard day mm. to get the calls. And that's doable. Yeah. Doable. So then, so then where, it, where did you... Not, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. You go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. It might not sound like a lot, but it does add up. I mean, three a day is 15 people that have an expectation of receiving information from you or have agreed to a follow-up call. The end of the month, that's 60 calls. How many people that may be listening to this would like to be able to be negotiating with 60 different uh, prospects right now? It could happen in the next 30 days. Yeah, that, that's pow I mean, it's powerful stuff, and I, you know, even a different perspective than, I, than I've heard. Where did you find the initial list? So this is something people are, are kind of struggling with. They pick their niche. Like, okay, I'm going to start to make some calls and do some direct mail and some email. Um, did you use Info USA? Did you have some other source? Yeah, I used Info USA. Okay. I, yeah, I used Sale Genie. They uh, charge $167 a month. Okay. Um, but I just felt that it was worth it because it was uh, something that I was very clear on. You know, wasn't I'm, I wasn't just buying a uh, bright and shiny object. I, I had a plan. Mm -hmm. so that 167 was well spent. 
So it was, and, it was salesgenie.com powered by InfoUSA. That's correct, yes. And in your particular case, the did you feel like the data was pretty on point? Was it like good enough that you could make the calls and get to actual funeral homeowners in your case? Well, the email list was not. Mm -hmm. The email list was not good. I don't care what they say. The email list that they had was very outdated. A lot, a lot of the information came back. But um, I wasn't emailing people. That doesn't work. It never worked for me. Mm -hmm. Call, email people. Um, I think you'll starve. That's my opinion. Mm. Um, I, I would use that to call, and it worked very well for the, for, um, uh, as a, uh, a cold calling um, uh, piece of software for me. Okay. So then the follow-up to that, so now you've got your niche, you've got your, your, uh, your list of people you're prospecting to, which is just in, in Sales Genie. I think you, you were you calling right out of Sales Genie so you didn't have to export and import you can just run your search and start plugging away? Uh, pretty much. Okay. And then you start making your calls with the target in your mind, I'm going to get three people that, that express an interest and, and are open to receiving my information. What was the approach on those calls? What was the verbiage? What were, what were you saying? Um, uh, thinking back on it, um, I, I, I introduced myself. Um, my name is Alan Holzberg from Funeral Marketing Services. Um, I, I exclusively work with funeral homes, helping them generate uh, more services per month. Can I show you some of the work I've done for past clients? Or can I send you some of the, uh, uh, some of the things that have worked for my funeral home clients that could help you? Mm. Something along those lines. Okay. I, I don't have the exact script, yeah. but I can certainly pull it up for everyone. It would be great if you're willing to pull it up. But so, so that was the basic talk track. Introduction, you know, who you are, and, and can I send you some information? It wasn't can we schedule a time. It wasn't a straight to pitch. It was just trying to get their approval for you to send them a piece of follow-up content. Absolutely. Just, yeah. just don't make it sophisticated. It's just simple. Just get on the phone. Make it. Don't, don't put too much pressure on yourself. Don't give yourself, I'm going to make 100 calls today. Just make realistic goals for yourself and you will succeed. It doesn't matter what niche you're in. And you then what? And you've got to speak to people. What was North, the, what was the, the follow-up piece that you'd send once they, so assuming in the perfect world, they say, yeah, sure, I'll, I'd like to have you send me some information. Well, I know I was sending, I, I built a, a video uh, prior to that, um, I was, I, I built a video on showing them, you know, they, 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 every funeral home has a physical location in a particular area. Mm -hmm. So I, I would do a little bit of research and show them that because they have a physical location in a particular area, the propensity of their website coming up in that area is, is great. And it usually does show in the three pack. Okay. However, as they leave their area and go into neighboring communities and towns that they also serve, I would show them how they're drastically falling off. Mm. You know, and I would prove that by spending some time showing them, you know, uh, um, uh, screenshots so that of their specific situation. Okay. And I told them that if we can now increase their visibility in these different areas that more calls will be coming in to their funeral home 
and then I would go uh, I would go finish with this I would show them how many calls came in how many uh, Google searches came in for funeral homes in the last 30 days mm. which is the dominant major keyword in this industry uh, you know people are not referred and something happens that's the first thing they think about funeral homes yeah um, I would show them how many uh, times that was searched in a month and I would tell them you know for every neighborhood walking you get there are tens of dozens in your uh, uh, demographic that don't want to walk in that go to the internet to find and search for a funeral home for every referral you you get there are tens of dozens in your niche that are not referred that go online to find a funeral home and I show them the facts it's not me talking I show them the facts by showing them the thousands upon thousands of searches that were done that particular month mm -hmm. so you know I get them to the point where hey okay show me more and that's when I went into my strategy session I love the I love the strategy of making a, a select number of targeted appointments or people where they say yeah I'll, I'll take the information just curious on how you bridge the gap from okay now I'm going to send them this assessment that you said. How did you get them back on the call for the actual strategy session sales presentation? Well, what I did was after I showed them this, I would tell them, look, um, I, can I go ahead and evaluate your site, uh, come back to you and show you how Google is looking at your site and what I would consider the best strategies for your funeral home based upon the number of services that you're doing now and how I can increase that by uh, one or two per month, which will come out to, you know, uh, uh, 25 new services a year. And they would say, yeah, that would be great. And then what I would do is call them back. You know, I would tell them I need to do my research. I'm going to, I'll call you back. And I would do just that to set up a strategy session. I was very careful, even in the very beginning, not to go for the sale. Mm. I, I never go for the sale. It, it's sort of like, and I think I've told uh, you this before, I mentioned it in, a, uh, in the mastermind meetings. Mm -hmm. um, when you meet an, a girl that you like, she could be beautiful, she could be everything you want, she could have a great personality, but you don't ask her to marry her on the first date. Right. Courtship involved. Yep. And that courtship is the same type of courtship that you need to build with your clients. Yeah. And that's what I do with each and every client that I have. Awesome. So, Alan, just tremendous the, the value. And just like you said, this one slide, you shared the, the, the secret sauce for your particular business on how you landed those first five clients. And, and for a lot of members, a lot of people coming through this program, that's their sticking point. They just can't get past that first, that first hurdle. And um, I think what you described is an example of permission-based marketing, right? You're not just cold calling. You're not just, you know, blind emailing. You're calling up, introducing yourself, asking permission to send some information. Once they say yes, now they're expecting that email. They send it. You add value, and you're asking for permission then to show them where they've got issues and how you can help. And uh, really, in a nutshell, that's what you did to get those first five and $5,000 a month of recurring revenue. Well, the first twenty thousand. <laughs> so you didn't stop there, right? You kept you kept following. No, that. I mean, 
Uh, look, even even now, I'm probably woefully behind on all the different types of things that could help me. Um, uh, you know, one thing I did learn to become is a great delegator. Mm. And when you ask me how um, how I fulfill, I, I can explain that. Okay, yeah, I, I will, uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. It's, you know, I, I mean, the thing is that don't make it hard for yourself. You'll still get rejection, but putting even even putting the uh, goal of getting two people to talk to per day. I mean, at least at the end of the week, you've got 10 people to talk to, which if you look back on, on the five days uh, from now, you'll say to yourself, wow, that's 10 people that, that I haven't had the opportunity to uh, engage with. You know, and 10 people is 40 people a month. Still a good number. Yeah. So, I mean, gold nugget number one, there's been some gold nuggets already, but probably the most gold nugget is set a target of three people that, are, that just accept you sending them some additional information. Don't say, okay, I'm going to sit here and plow through 100 calls. Don't just you know randomly block out eight hours of your day. Set a target. Work towards that target. If you do that, you're going to get some momentum. You're going to get some wins underneath your belt. So such a right. powerful and salient nugget. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, the other thing to uh, that is um, when you're putting this together, Again, I'm going to repeat this. If you want confusion and heartache, ask yourself vague questions. Mm. If you want uncommon clarity and results, ask uncommonly clear questions. All that stands between you and what you want is a better set of questions. Mm. So you've got to ask yourself what you're going to talk to them about, exactly what you're going to send to them, how you're going to follow up. I mean, it's got to be as detailed and as crystal clear as possible, that's the that's the way I succeeded in this. It's really not hard to do. It just takes time to think a little bit. Yeah, that uh, great great stuff. So that's that's how you got the first five. Obviously, now you're you're at seventy plus clients, uh, on pace to be a million dollars per year and, and growing. So talk, let's talk to talk to us a little bit about the marketing mix today. Is it still just the cold calling? Have you kind of opened it up to other things? Let's just kind of talk through where you're generating most of your clients from now. I don't do uh, cold calling. Um, I should set that up. Um, most of my, uh, uh, I generate most of my business today by referrals. Mm. Uh, I've, I'm written up now in the trade magazine, so I'm getting calls that are coming in. Uh, Facebook advertising has been very good to me. Uh, and trade shows. I still follow up with warm calls from my email list that I generated from way back when, but the bulk of my current sales are from the trade shows I'm doing. Mm. And um, I plan on traveling a, uh, traveling a lot this year. I want to do I want to exhibit in 12 shows. And in fact, as I mentioned to you earlier, Josh, before we came on, mm -hmm. I'm leaving this Monday to do my first show of the year in South Carolina. Nice. So I mean, what, what's what's crazy about what you're saying here is that you're—I mean, here you are in the funeral home niche, kind of a very small, off the radar type of niche. There is an association, as there is in most niches, and they're they're meeting that frequently that you could you could literally go to 12 events. Well, you go to a hospital and you see all these babies born when you when when your wife gives birth. Uh, don't want to sound morbid, but you know people that. None of us get out of this world alive. Mm -hmm. None of us. I mean, you know, 
and you know you can't bury Uncle Bob in the backyard. Yeah, it's not seasonal. You know, and um, it's it's a high ticket item. Yep. Uh, it's you know it's something where um, you know death is a fact of life, unfortunately. Yeah. So so yes, of... there are there are associations out there because it is a big big business. Yeah. It's a closed knit business, though, as I, I found out in the very beginning. Okay. You know these. The, it's it's it, it's not it's not easy to talk to these people, and, and they are so um, they're set in their own ways. But you know, I, I could I could do what I'm doing in any niche, and I probably would be successful. At least I have that confidence. Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of uh, asking yourself uh, a, a better set of questions on how you're going to approach what you're doing. There you go. And so. I remember kind of being in this process. You we were making cold calls, and it's like, how do we accelerate the growth? What can we do next? And um, I, from day one, I always encourage people find the associations, get involved in their events. I promise you, when you do that, you're going to start to see some additional inbound lead flow. And it sounds like that's rang true for you. Yes, yes. And what I'd like to add to this is the webinars, which mm. which I plan on doing yeah. this year as well. I think webinars will be powerful for you, especially because you've already got the, the all these people that you did the permission-based marketing to that kind of know who you are, whether they did business or not. If you're doing value-added content where they're seeing Alan as the expert sharing great ideas on how to more effectively market themselves in the funeral home space to generate more leads, that's going to you know magnetically attract even more of those guys to you. Yeah, I think I have a good, good momentum for that, yes. That's great. So you'd say, so the line share is, is referrals, uh, current funeral home guys that you're doing business with that just like you that much. They're like, hey, I've got a buddy across the other side of the state or the country that would, would be interested in your services potentially. Well, yes, uh, that and also um, uh, last month I showed you an article, the three-page article that was written about us about uh, the company and we get referrals through that magazine mm -hmm. um, but predominantly from customers that are talking to other customers that hey look I've got somebody that um, has made me better has, has positioned my company uh, um, in a, better than I've ever had anybody position me before yeah. and that's really that's really great that's a great feeling it, it's powerful I mean, so if you don't mind, um, as it relates to the Facebook ads, because that's, that's unique, right? You get somehow you're targeting funeral home directors on Facebook. Can you tell us a little bit about how you did that targeting, not necessarily for funeral homes specifically, but kind of in general? Yeah, if you recall on, on the Facebook group, I uh, posted uh, my whole method in which I, I obtained clients through uh, the press releases we were writing. Yep. And what we would do is offer clients, and I do this for uh, my trade shows as well, what I do is I offer a free test drive. I tell them that I will go ahead and rank their business at no charge at all. I will get them on the top of Google in, an, in a town that they have low visibility in under a, a high traffic pro, uh, keyword, such as like funeral pre-planning. And I will do it absolutely free, no strings attached. And uh, I will show you how I'm going to do it, 
and I'm going to show you, um, uh, and I'm going to show you my results as well. So that when and if you're ready to uh, hire a marketing company, I might be uh, one that you may consider. So that's what I do. And uh, on Facebook, I, I offer this, you know, marketing for free and uh, with no strings attached. And I get people that come sign on. That's 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 amazing stuff. It's a great. It's really a great strategy that you know you can deliver on every single time. Get them impressed, and and then obviously get their get their business once you take them through the the sales process. Uh, no, no doubt about it. Every time it works. Every time, and and I'm, you know, even the people that don't sign on, I'm creating great friendships with them. Uh, they see that uh, we're the real deal. Uh, I got them in a uh, marketing list, an email marketing list. They're retargeted. Uh, no doubt that they'll become customers one day. Awesome. And so, just to kind of drill down, um, you know, he, he shared this strategy, and he, you know, he's, he's very open with what's working for him. If ultimately, he's telling, "I'm going to give you a free test drive." He creates a press release targeting one of the surrounding towns that's not their main town for their their anchor keyword. Writes a press release, pushes it out, and then can a couple days later say, "Hey, I told you I was going to give you the test drive." I did it, check this out, this is where you rank, and if I could do this for you in this period of time, imagine if we were working together and ongoing, something along those lines, right, Alan? Uh, a little deeper than that. Okay. What, what I would do is I would tell them, listen, give me uh, seven minutes on the phone, let me share my screen with you, let me show you what we've done for one customer. So I would show them the actual results. I would show them uh, uh, the, uh, press release results, and then I would bring them to a, um, a, a seven-slide uh, presentation and show them exactly what our thinking was going into this and what we're trying to do, what we're trying to accomplish by not manipulating Google, but by giving Google what they want. Mm -hmm. So they're very, very impressed with that, and when they see that I'm able to do that for them and they understand through the transparency, um, transparency that I'm offering them, uh, it's really, really simple to get the strategy session. Awesome. I mean, I have no absolutely zero pushback. It's a it's a dynamite. It's really a dynamite strategy, and obviously, it's working extremely well for you. Um, it took me two and a half years to develop it. I mean, you know, trial and error, and you know, seeing what works and what doesn't. But it does work. Also, those videos that I showed you one day when mm -hmm. you and I had a conversation—you really some good stuff that people just are impressed with. Yeah. Do you mind explaining what that is? What? Uh, there are a series of uh, twenty-second commercials that you're able to um, edit in any niche, uh, put in your own wording. It's something that you know if anybody wants to really see. I would need to show you. Mm. So certainly, uh, you guys have access to me. Let me know how I can help. I can show you some strategies that, I, that you might be able to apply to your niche. Awesome, great, great stuff. So, just one quick follow-up question on this. So, you're you're, you're getting. The, how did you target the people on Facebook? Is it just basic interest targeting? Did you take an email list and import it in order to to match up so that your ads are actually syncing to funeral home directors? Well, at first, I went with uh, uh, the targeting and the interests, and uh, that did work. And then I uh, went uh, to uh, my email list and I okay. imported that. 
Nice. And that as well. They both work. Yeah. So there's lots of ways to get creative with, with Facebook targeting, I guess is the point. Um, when you start to get some organic traffic, you can retarget that group right on Facebook and you start to develop a bigger and bigger list of people that you can hit on Facebook. And then if you get a big email list through the type of uh, marketing that Alan's doing, um, then you can import that into Facebook and make that a targeted audience. So really, really cool stuff. And then the strategy as far as what you're offering them is unique. You're offering them a free test drive and that test drive strategy is working well on Facebook as well as at the trade shows. Because absolutely, people want things for free. And look again, I'm looking to build that relationship. I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, th these these press releases and everything I'm doing for them is that courting phase. Yeah. I want them to. I want to bring them into my company, so that I can show them what I can do. Yeah. If I'm able to bring them in, I could show them what I can do. I'm going to get them as a client, or at least I'm halfway there. So. It's a great way in which I could do that. I don't hold anybody, uh, you know, look, they don't want to buy from me. And there are some that don't. Uh, that's okay. I stay in touch with them and I'm, I'm still friends with them. Um, I know sooner or later I will get that. That's awesome. So, I mean, guys, what you have gotten in the last 30 minutes is exactly what Alan's done from a strategy positioning perspective and from a sales and marketing perspective to build a seven-figure um, digital marketing agency in this very niche-focused business. So we talked about um, what you do to generate clients. Which of these tends to generate the most? Like, what, what are the, the lion's share of your new clients coming from? Uh, hands down, trade shows. Okay. Right now, right now, hands down. Um, I started um, uh, with... Uh, uh, the trade shows in September of 2017, talking only a few months ago. And that trade show was uh, in New Jersey. And I think I've landed five or six clients from that trade show alone. Um, one of them is now one of my biggest clients. In fact, I closed him last week and I, I put a... Uh, I put a little video up in, in my mastermind group. Mm -hmm. uh, he's, he's, he's generating $4,600 a month for me. Wow. Um, and he's on a yearly contract and he couldn't be more happier. That's, that's phenomenal. That, that's phenomenal. So, and, and this is one of those strategies I always suggest, right? You, you find the associations, you get into their, their events. I think the next strategy for you to even accelerate further is to speak at those events, which I know you're working on. But yes. I get so much pushback. A lot of you guys running these digital marketing agencies, whether you're in the startup phase or you're kind of in the growth phase, you like to be behind the screen. You like to sit at your desk. Uh, going to a trade show takes work, right? You have to book a plane. You got to get a hotel. You got to fly out there. But if you do it right and you put the energy in, it's going to reap rewards long into the future, as Alan can attest to. No doubt. So let's let's talk now about how you retain and how you fulfill because um, you know you're a one man business owned entity. You don't have a business partner that's kind of the operations guy behind the scenes. You're the you're the main guy, right? You sell, you fulfill, you implement. So talk to us a little bit about your fulfillment strategy. How do you you know you've got all these seventy plus clients and you've grown it in less than three years? How did you get the work done? Well. Um, 
I, I run lean, but I'm very profitable. Most of my fulfillment is done remotely. Okay. Great success. I have a web development team that knocks it out of the park for me every time. Whether building websites, updating or developing new products, they are on time and they're very cost effective. Is it a, I, a, an outsourced provider or is it your own team that you have that works remote? It's a, well, he pretty much works for me. Hmm. Uh, I give him enough work, but he is a freelancer, so to speak. Okay. Uh, but most of uh, most of all his work is coming directly from me. Okay, great. And did you um, find and, him on um, Upwork or on onlinejobs.ph or kind of where did you find this? Well, I actually found him on Upwork. Okay, great. This is, uh, this is now um, uh, prior to uh, starting with you, I believe. Um, but you know, you know, there's trial and error, error there because you know people overseas, especially. They'll tell you anything uh, to get to uh, make uh, you know get get your money, but not all of them really care enough about what they're doing, you know. And to find that uh, company that really cares about customers and looks at money second is difficult, but that's what you need to find if you're looking to outsource. Yeah. So he does knock it out of the park for me, and um, he's got a team, and they. Pretty much work exclusively for me. For, for me, I've got an SEO team as well. Actually, three teams that share my client base with great results, and they provide quality reports twice a month, all in my name. I have outside content writers. When I say content writers, they're niche specific. That, that write awesome content for me, and I've got outside social media freelancers that are creative and responsible for the Facebook advertising I do for myself and for my clients. I do have full-time help here for customer service support. Um, we take a proactive approach by communicating with all our clients consistently, showing our, our results and providing them with our goals and expectations over the next 30 to 90 days. And this setup has been extremely successful for me because my payroll is low. That's awesome. And by subcontracting services out effectively, my freelancers get paid only from my recurring revenue. So there's no wasted spending, which means more profit for me. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's pretty, pretty amazing the way that you set it up where you get this skeleton, small crew in-house to, to facilitate the seven-figure agency and then these highly trusted and reliable subcontractors that you've got that are, you know, that doing all the work, that are doing the work, doing and, the work and accountable to you, uh, and but aren't necessarily W two employees, right? You can pay them as as uh, they're not. They're not. I, I, you know, in New York we have a we have uh, state taxes, mm. we have employment taxes, which everybody has. But um, I'm saving a lot of money doing it this way, and it took me a long time to find the right outside people, but it's worth it. I spent a lot of time becoming an expert delegator, and I'm still learning how to delegate, but I'm getting there. Awesome. So what I have in-house is very lean crew of customer service specialists that, I, you know, that, that take the uh, work that comes in uh, and distributes it out and uh, speaks to the clients. But pretty much their job is to speak to my, my clientele. Okay. 
you know, uh, and also, you know, the press release work. But, but again, that uh, inside, uh, uh, that inside cost is uh, minimal. Yeah. Now, what, so what, my, a, what a great... My, my profits are, uh, stay high. Absolutely. No, no better, no better setup than that, where you don't have to have the overhead, you don't have to have the big office, um, and obviously it's it's working well for you. Yeah, and then you know everybody comes back to me. How come you don't have, you don't know this, or using uh, Active Campaign, or, or I don't even know what that is. I just hear that word. I don't need to know it. I got these people doing it for me. Right. You know, I mean, it's some. It is nice to know. I'm getting more involved with ClickFunnels. I find that to be very useful, mm-hmm. but um, but I got I've got other people that are doing it for me, and I'm managing it. Very very nice. I, I, I am doing all the sales though, only because I do like it. And you're good I, at it. You're good. you're expert status at it. Yes. So that that's phenomenal. I did a I did a webinar last year around this time with with Jeff, um, uh, on the topic of building a. a a team because he's got a lot he had a large team at the time of subcontracted employees so I'll post a link to it somewhere along with this video in case you want to go back and learn a little bit more on how to build a, uh, a Upwork style virtual virtual team and I'm sure Alan you could you could put together a, a great piece of content on that as well since you've got your own team that you've developed sure you know I never heard that uh, interview I'd love to hear it oh no okay yeah I'll, I'll definitely share it Anything else you want to add on the topic of fulfillment and client relationship or client management? Well, what I told you is pretty much all it is. Okay. You know, it's keeping things simple, but having asking, I ask myself better questions than I did last month or last year, and I'll continue to do so. And I will say kudos to you on this front because not only have you sold a lot of clients, but your retention is probably the best I've seen where literally you're not losing but a handful of clients in this entire this entire three-year span. It's, it's just phenomenal. Well, yes. Uh, I've, I've lost some clients, but it, my retention rate is high. I spend a lot of time on that. It's one of my uh, KPI. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most important things to me because it's a lot easier to maintain a client than to find a new one. I also realize that if I put on, put on five new clients a month, it does me no good if I'm losing, you know, if there's a hole in the bottom of the bucket. Yeah. The clients are coming out. So I spend a lot of time with my clients. I make sure that they're happy. But my services are good. They're personalized. And my client, I'm making better customers. Mm. And they feel it. So they see value in the services that I'm providing. And that value is translating into uh, uh, retention. Nice. Fantastic, fantastic stuff. So, kind of, kind of getting to the close of this interview, and this has been—it's been tremendous, guys. Start to get your questions ready because we'll open up. We've got a lot, a lot of you on live, which I, I'm really excited about. There should be hundreds of people really listening in because this is so powerful. What what Alan is sharing. Um, so, you're you're an active learner. You're you're proactive in in your personal growth. What are some of the books and training programs that have had a big impact on on your growth and your success? Um, I'm currently reading Russell Brunson's Expert Secrets. Okay, awesome. I'm telling you guys, it's a book you need to get. Uh, To me, 
it's written specifically for agencies and his ideas and the way he conveys his ideas are absolutely genius mm. really are they're easy to understand and I find it for myself easy to take what he's telling me and implement it immediately into my agency to make me better immediately Nice. The guy, the guy really is a genius. I, yeah, I'm Russell, Russell's thinking, amazing. I, I'm actually trying to uh, get into his event in March. The, in uh, the Funnel Hacking Live in Orlando? Yeah, it's sold out. I'm okay. on a waiting list. All right. You know, but uh, he's uh, one. Uh, Tim Ferriss, Tribe of Mentors. Uh, there's a lot of great advice from the best in the world. Mm. I also like Tools of Titans. Mm. Uh, routines and habits of world-class performers. Yep, uh, that is good as well. Uh, but uh, those are the three books that uh, resonate with me right now. Awesome, beautiful stuff. So, what what would you say to that digital marketing agency owner that wherever they're at, you know, is just trying to get to the next level? They're trying to figure out how to grow, how to get to the next step. Any any nuggets or pieces of wisdom that you can share? Well, I, I think if you're going to start by cold calling, which I think most of the group has to, has to do because they don't have an agency yet, uh, don't put too much pressure on yourself because you'll fail quickly. Mm. And then you'll, you'll start developing a negative attitude towards a very, very important part of your, your uh, agency. So go at this, your approach should be maybe two or three clients a day that are just interested in getting the materials or will be available to a, a second phone call with you. Two or three a day. The end of the week, you'll have 15. The end of the month, 60. That's exactly how I started building this agency. Once I started doing that, then I started building the website. Although, you know, I did start the website at the same time, but I didn't have anything else. I just made the calls and, you know, the presentation was very, very important. The uh, keynote, mm -hmm. that and um, making the calls were the only two things that I concentrated on in the very beginning. Awesome. Well, again, I mean, beautiful stuff. I, I couldn't be more honored to have been part, you know, part of this, this evolution that you've had and, you know, kind of moving you from struggling, broke to, to a really successful seven-figure agency that I think is going even to the next level over the next couple of years. So uh, it's been uh, it's been awesome to to have this interview. I know that you're doing awesome, but to kind of hear all of the details and what you're up to, um, I could be more excited for you and, and happier to be part of the process. Thank you, Josh. So let's let's open up for for questions. If anybody has any specific questions, and I will say if you're listening to this interview. And uh, you know you're not already part of the Seven Figure Agency. I encourage you to go to sevenfigureagency.com. There you can access a free training series where I kind of walk you through how we were able to build our agency from zero to three hundred thousand dollars per month in recurring revenue, hit the Inc. Five Thousand list two years in a row. And I really just kind of break down why choosing a niche is the best way, how to position yourself as an expert, and put together marketing strategies to getting clients coming to you pre-positioned to buy so you don't have to make cold calls forever. So again, if you're not already part of the program and, and you'd like to learn more, go to sevenfigureagency.com. You can access a great free four-part training series. But for now, let's let's open it up for questions. 
Uh, for those of you that, that have feedback or have questions, I see uh, David is saying, great job, very inspiring. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Um, let's see. So somebody, I, I, I see PM, I don't know the full name, but awesome stuff, Alan. Kind of confused with the press release strategy. Can you please walk me through um, exactly how you prep for their pre-plan, uh, pre-planning plus city with the press release? Um, whoever that is, uh, tell them they're part of this group, right, Josh? They're part of the group, yep. Yeah, tell whoever that is, uh, PM me and I'll be more than happy to show you. Okay, fair enough. Let's see, Dave's asking a question. He says, at the beginning, when you were starting out, before you had the team, how did you handle fulfillment? I had one SEO group that handled my uh, fulfillment for all my other agencies, uh, all my other clients before I got involved with you. I used them to help me. So you had a little bit, you had a little bit of a team kind of coming into it and you built it up as the right. agency grew. Right. Okay. I've never personally got involved in doing SEO. So even from day one, it was it was you had a, a group of people that you found through Upwork, or I guess at the time it was probably Elance or something like that. Yeah, I had a I had a nucleus. I had a framework of uh, of, of people that I knew I was going to work with, and knew I didn't have to pay on a weekly basis, but only as those jobs came in. Right. Only as, as like on a on an as need basis. Right. Okay. So, Jean, thanks for joining us. So glad to have you here. Um, she's asking, do you start with a narrow local focus, or are you now marketing nationwide? No, I've never started with a local focus. Although many of my clients are in New York, only because I'm able to visit them. Um, I went for I went nationwide. It didn't matter. They, you know, funeral home in Washington State versus a funeral home in Miami, Florida, they still offered the same services. Mm -hmm. So my presentation to them was all the same, except I was working in, you know, their area. So was, so the, the question was, did you, so obviously you're nationwide, you can't limit yourself just to someplace in New York. Did your first, any of your first couple clients come in your backyard or were they all outside the area? My very first client, uh, Garfino Funeral Home was in New Jersey, which is the next state over. Okay. Um, the second client was from New York and then California, Miami, Chicago. Uh, right, right away, it started to Texas. branch out. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and I, I think it's probably similar to, to, to our experience. Our, our first one or two were local. That way we could be right face to face with them, get the opportunity, knock it out of the park and then instantly started going on a national basis. So that's a great question. Uh, she's also saying if you're ever in uh, Myrtle Beach, she'd love to love to get together with you. Uh, I'll be, uh, the trade show is in Columbia, South Carolina. Don't know how close that is to Myrtle Beach, but that's where I'll be, Columbia, South Carolina. Okay, cool. So David's asking, uh, and we got questions coming in now, so I really appreciate the engagement here, guys. So David's asking, do you run ads in the association newsletter and things like that? No, I don't. Okay. No, I, I don't. Is it a good idea? Probably. I yeah. just thought that the prices were high, mm. and um, I I chose not to. Okay. 
Good, good question. I mean, it is something that we, in our niche, in our associations, we, we at this point we do buy like the cover ad that way they see us when they get those those newsletters. So I mean, as the company grows and as you, as you have a bigger marketing budget, it may be something to look at. And that's a great question, David. Did you do that um, uh, early on? No, we we were like it's been over the last two years or so where we started doing that because it's you're right it's a big expense. There's not a hard return on investment, but if you really want to saturate that niche, you know that your best clients are in that group that's getting that circular. At a certain point, you know you can put some money towards it, and and well, yeah, that that makes sense to me. Yeah, right. And then they they come up to you at the booth and they're like, oh man, I feel like I feel like I know you. I've seen your videos. I've been on your webinars. I get your stuff in the mail. I see you in my newsletter trade journal, and and you start to get that that famous status within your little your little group. So David's follow-up question to that was, how many associations in your niche are you a part of now? I'm part of three, um, actually four um, associations right now. Okay, cool, very cool. Let's see, oh, lots of questions coming in. I don't wanna miss you guys' questions, and Alan, this is awesome, so thanks for sticking with us and answering the questions. Um, So Brian's asking if you could elaborate a little bit on the specific services being offered at the start. Was the package, was it a package or was it separate? And what price point did you start at? So he did answer that at the beginning. He kind of explained uh, that he, he comes in with a package. Uh, can you just talk through that a little bit more and kind of what your price points were out of the gates? Uh, back, back then, um, my, my original price points uh, were at 1500 and 2000 um, but I got pushback with those price points for SEO mm -hmm. and, and uh, review, um, you know, review management. Um, I came down, I found that my sweet spot was around 1250, 995 to 1250. I rarely take a client under a thousand a month. Um, and their services are good, but they, they're, they're not everything that I can provide for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, back then, and it's still the same as it was. Okay, so in that one thousand to fifteen hundred dollar range. Yeah, yeah, twelve fifty. Those one thousand nine ninety five to twelve fifty is my sweet spot. Okay, and obviously that'll go up when you start doing some pay per click management and things like that for the clients. Right, right. Cool. And I do have clients that are spending a lot of money in pay per click. David says he's got a lead that he might be able to, to refer you to in a local hospice. Um, yeah, David's been a bit, David Deuce has been a big help to mm, me. Okay. Uh, throughout these years, sending me stuff that, all good stuff that I was able to implement and use. Awesome. Yeah, David, David's just a I appreciate you, Dave. Thank you. Yeah, he, he's, he's awesome. So David's asking if you're if you're facing any com competitors in your niche. There a lot of a lot of competition. There there is competition in my niche. Yes, uh, more established firms, mm. but um, I, I don't find myself going face to face with them. You know, head to head with them. Um, there there is another company uh, out there that uh, works uh, only in, on the social media side, which is what they call pre need. You know, people that are pre planning. Uh, funeral arrangements, where I do more at need, you know, people that want to report, 
a death. Mm. And I don't want to sound morbid, but it, different types of marketing. Um, I don't have, um, but I don't have uh, a direct competition or, or a competition that I feel. Right. He's, he's asking uh, to follow up to that. Are there price points similar or lower, higher? Uh, well, the social media guy who I became friendly with uh, has similar price points than, as I do. Okay. Um, the other competition, I don't know. Got it. These are these are great great questions. As we start to wrap this up, I do want to say this has been phenomenal. If you're watching this after the fact, if you're watching it live, I expect all of you to send a big thank you note to Alan for for sharing his information, sharing his experience. Um, just tremendous what you what you've done. So. Um, don't let it be lost on you that when somebody opens themselves up like this and they put themselves out there, you know, they start to wonder, was that good? Did I add value? And I can tell you, Alan, you, you just rocked it. You just provided such great value. Um, don't be the guy that got tremendous value and doesn't send a thank you to Alan for, for what he's done uh, over the last uh, hour, hour and 10 minutes here with us. So Jeannie has a, a good follow-up. She says, she got some of her clients to add her to a closed Facebook group. So, like, for instance, uh, you know, in, in MySpace, there's plumbing and HVAC marketing or plumbing and HVAC specific groups where they hang out on Facebook and they talk. She says that's been tremendous for her to, to get clients in her association. Uh, might be something to look at. I don't know if funeral home directors are hanging out on Facebook and communicating back and forth, but I guess it's, it's possible. Cheek says, thanks, Alan. Great stuff. Um, Jeannie says, when I do a, a Google search here in Myrtle Beach for funeral home marketing services, Alan comes up number one. So nicely done from an SEO perspective, Alan. Yeah, definitely. We, we, uh, we, we definitely come up. If I, hey, look, if I can't do it for myself, how am I going to do it for my clients? Got to eat your own dog food, guys. I mean, in your niche, and it's not that hard, right, because there's not a lot of people that – are, are targeting niches. There's not a lot of people putting out great content. You know, shame on you if you're not doing well from an organic perspective for your own services. And you should probably be bidding on those terms via pay-per-click as well. With it, wouldn't cost you that much from a budgeting perspective. So, now, and look, you know, I learned a lot from uh, everyone else as well. Uh, even yesterday, uh, took a look at that new website that one of uh, the newer David, members, yeah, uh, David put it up. Man, that that was beautiful, mm -hmm. I, and I, it started to inspire me to go ahead and change my whole look as well. Nice, awesome. Thank well, you for that. well, I think we're we're coming to the close point of this interview. Again, Alan, tremendous stuff. Thank you for sharing. Uh, for those of you that are listening, uh, you know, go to go to sevenfigureagency.com if you're not already a member. If you are a member, be sure to post your comments, your feedback. Um, send a personal message to Alan thanking him for, for sharing such great information and being such an in inspiration. And I will give you the last word, Alan. Well, you know, look, for everyone that's on the call, um, if you're interested in any, anything that uh, I might be doing that you might want to implement in your own industry, uh, your, your own agency, uh, don't hesitate to PM me. We'll set something up. I'll show you what I'm doing, and I'll be happy to help. Awesome. Tremendously generous. And with that, we will we will close. Thanks, guys, for joining us live. Thanks for watching this, possibly listening to it as a podcast. 
And um, if you get value from this type of information, would help if you'd go on to whatever channel you're listening to it on, whether it's Facebook, iTunes, YouTube, go and post a comment, uh, you know, share, share your feedback, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you guys again soon.